Welcome to Everyday Motherhood, the podcast that inspires you to pause, connect, and play more every single day. The podcast that's focused on you, the mom, to help you fill up your cup and rediscover the joy and love in your everyday life. We can't parent alone, and parenting is too serious to be serious all the time. Thanks for being here. My name is Christy Thomas. I am the founder and developer of PlayForLifeMoms.com. Today's guest is Anna Seewald. She podcasts under the podcast Authentic Parenting. She's also a parent coach, and she wrote a great book about communication and kids, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Anna, I am so excited that you are here today. We are here to talk about your booklet about communication with our kids. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm excited too. So you um, and I connected over Instagram. Anna is also a podcaster, which I told you about in the intro, but I feel like it needs to be said here. If you haven't paid attention, her podcast is called Authentic Parenting. And when we're done here, you should totally go check her out. She's been podcasting for many years at this point, right? Five five years. Five years. You're like an original. (laughs) I guess you can say that. (laughs) (laughs) we're going to talk about 15 keys to effective communication which is the booklet Anna wrote about building strong parent and child relationships yes the way we speak to our children becomes their inner voice no pressure right no (laughs) I was going to say oh (laughs) yes that's hard to take in but just Imagine the family dynamics, the communication patterns that you grew up with, and now you are a parent, and that's all you bring to the table, right? Unless you mindfully learn new ways of communicating effectively, unless you do the work, you're going to repeat the old patterns because you have seen how your parents had a conflict and did they repair? How did they repair? Uh, Did they yell and scream at each other? Or they were loving and kind? Or they used to give each other the cold shoulder? How were conflicts handled and resolved in your, uh, you know, environment? You internalize those patterns. And we bound to repeat, right, those patterns. And I know my patterns, what I bring to the table, uh, my communication patterns. And it's interesting to learn and grow alongside my child. You know, as I'm changing mm-hmm. the way I speak to her consciously, I am also teaching her communication skills so that she can have those skills when she's old enough, you know, later in life so that she doesn't have to do the work uh, later in life. Yeah, that's really important. So when you say the word that you internalize how people repair a relationship, can you explain a little bit what that wording is? Because I know it's a new phrase about um, that I've heard a lot tossed around lately. Okay, so uh, imagine there is a conflict between two people, and conflicts are inevitable part of communication, uh, be that a marriage, a friendship, uh, a parent-child relationship. When we are in relationships, 
And I find that the more intimate the relationship is, the more conflicts we're bound to happen to have, because the other person always somehow triggers our buttons. Uh, we, you know, we all come into a relationship from. We bring stuff from our past and nobody is immune to this kind of um, untriggering. And that is normal part of communication. In some cases, it could be high conflict relationships. Mm -hmm. Like I work with um, divorced people who are going through custody battles. Mm -hmm. they, they are high conflict custody battles. Some people cannot see eye to eye, right? Yep. Um, and so when we were growing up, of course, our parents had conflicts mm -hmm. and people people around us and how they resolved those conflicts. We learned about human interactions through watching and observing them. If a conflict happens and people repair the rupture, mm -hmm. because, because ruptures are part of communication. Uh, you said something I misunderstood. I was busy. I didn't pay attention. I assumed something instead of just being direct and asking you, a, you know, what is it that you need? I assumed and I made judgments in my mind. And, you know, there's so many ways we misunderstand and we miscommunicate. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter what the source of the conflict is, but how do we get out of the conflict? When the rupture happens, are we willing to repair? Do we know how to repair? Do we wait until the other person repairs? Uh, or, you know, what's our style? Whatever was modeled for us. Let's say, you know, my parents argued and my mom gave him the cold shoulder for a couple of days and, you know, withheld intimate relationships or didn't cook for a week and things like that. But then, of course, things go to normal yep. again, right? Because this mm -hmm. is human relationships. Well, as a child growing up in that environment, I learned that this is how people, you know, resolve conflict. So the repair process is not as effective, obviously. And so I, I, t I may do that in my relationship. That makes sense. And so, right? Yeah. And so it's good to know that how small the ruptures can be, like you said, that it can be as small as something as, uh, dismissive or making an assumption in your thinking. So that's a good starting point because in your introduction, you talk about thinking about is what I'm going to say going to hurt our relationship? And do you think that we need more time to pause before we talk to our kids sometimes to think I, about this? Yes, I think it's a good skill to have. And if you were to ask me, what's the most important skill I, Anna Seawold, have developed and cultivated as a parent, I will openly tell you that that's the hardest skill that I'm working on. Because my initial reaction is just to jump with a judgment, jump with the criticism, jump with something that is going to hurt the person, the persona, the relationship. And so I am doing my very best to pause, to bite my tongue, to earn a little time in order for me to craft my message. Um, 
it's not always possible <laughs> because I'm human, but I think it's a wonderful skill to pay attention to. And when we do, believe me, there have been times that, you know, I saved a lot of argument or fight because I took the pause. That's, that's I think, one of the most important things we can learn. And so while you're pausing, um, are you thinking about talking with respect? Are you taking a deep breath? Like, what does that pause look like for you? And I know that it's probably changed with the age of your your daughter and the different ways that she's challenged you. Because I know pausing with a preschooler or a toddler versus a tween is a different experience. I think it's more important as they get older uh, the skill becomes vitally important when they get older because the damage could be bigger. When they're young, they're still cute and we can dish out compassion a little more easily. Mm-hmm. When, when, when they're older, we somehow don't see them as cute and lovable in those moments when we are triggered. So we want to hurt them by saying something hurtful in the in that moment i think as they get older we have to be more mindful at least from my experience yes i have changed i have learned mm-hmm. you know i have uh, strengthened this skill as as i have grown you know into mm-hmm. a, a more um skilled parent yeah. uh, you know i noticed that i noticed that in myself that i don't yell and scream i don't react I am able to pause mm-hmm. and that pause looks differently at different times. It depends how triggered I am in the moment. It could be I can just take a deep breath mm-hmm. and say to myself, oh, okay, take a moment. It's all right. This is not the end of the world. This is not an emergency. Uh, it could be as simple as that, or it could be take a couple of breaths, walk away from the room or from mm-hmm. the environment and go do some self-talk yeah. or stretch or, uh, you know, put my hand on my heart and say, this shall pass. It's all right. You know, this is not a big deal. Whatever your mantra is, I think um, in my case, I always say I'm helping my child. Like, I don't want to lose that perspective that this is a relationship in one word can hurt and damage her soul deeply for years, right? Yes. And I think it is a really big concept that you put out there. As I age with my kids, I totally find that, you know, as they lose their baby fat, it's easy to see them as more offensive on purpose and harder to take that pause and more important to take that pause because as they look more like an adult every single day. And so it's much easier for me to over respond now than it was when they were littler, is what I'm finding. Uh, yes, I agree completely. Mm-hmm. Because they say hurtful things too. They say, I hate you, mom. You're so mean, mom. And and the tone and the look on their face, it, it can be so triggering for many parents. It could be so personal for many parents, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah, it triggers kids those- kids have relationship with us now, right? They know what your buttons are. They know what your- your deeply held secret is the soft spot that's going to yes the most in a lot of um, ways. Um, however, they didn't install those buttons. Let's no, let's right exactly right. 
Yes, unfortunately, those buttons come with us, and You're just they part of being a human, right? They, uh, we they both talked to Carla yeah. and about her yeah. triggers. If you haven't heard the episode with Carla Nomberg about how not to lose your shit with your kids, both Anna and I have talked with her, and she both ranked very highly on both of our podcasts last year. She's a really great resource. She is. She's amazing. She's witty, funny, and very, very relatable. Yes. <laughs> so if you feel like you need to explore that, go go listen to an interview with her. Um, so once you pause, one of your communication strategies is to make sure you're coming to your kid with respect. What does that look like for you? And how would you help a parent start there? I think respect is one of those concepts that is hard to explain, mm -hmm. but it's easy to feel and know when you receive it, right? Yes. Um, and, and so when you are in that emotionally challenged situation, it's easy to call names, use put downs, mm -hmm. use criticism because from our programming, right? Our parents said, mm -hmm. what are you, spoiled brat, ungrateful, uh, you know, and, and stuff like that. So all this stuff is still with us, right? Mm -hmm. In our, uh, in the background of our mind. So those old recordings, recordings, so to speak, programming will activate. And so when we are mindful, when we take the pose, then we can, it allows us not to use the first sentence that comes to your mind. Uh, instead, you can, it happened to me many times. <laughs> yep. or, or sometimes I say the bad word in my mind, yes. but outwardly <laughs> I say something different because, yep. <laughs> you know, I'm still angry. You know, I can curse in my mind, but right. I you do want to be. those valid feelings in that yes, response. Yes. Yes, you do. You are not, you know, we're not saints or angels, right? Uh, we are human beings. And uh, so sometimes you can say the curse word or whatever in your mind. That's all right. And then, but when you want to express, you know, choose a different way, a more respectful, a kinder tone. Um, and always say, how is the child going to hear the message? If I were to receive this sentence in this moment, yep. you know, how would I feel? I think taking that perspective shifts completely our, you know, our response and we can craft in that moment. You know, it doesn't take much, just, you know, a few seconds, but makes a huge difference. Absolutely. I think that's a game changer of a technique right there about remembering about how your child is going to hear what mm -hmm. you're about to say, because mm -hmm. so many times just my husband and I have had conversations, right? Like, you know, this with other relationships that aren't your children, that you can say something and you can see that person's face respond opposite of how you meant to say it or how yeah. you said it, like how you heard it in your head is obviously not how they just processed it. Yes, yes, completely. You know, words are so powerful. Words can build someone up. They can be encouraging and empowering. And words can take your dignity away and just completely crush you and tear you down. Mm -hmm. And so what we say and how we say, I think, matters a lot. Yes. And so those words help us build that foundation of connection and love with our kids. But I think an important point 
that I've run into is that I need to talk less and listen more when I'm in this stage of parenting right now. Do you find that, Anna? I yes, I ag- I agree completely. Yes, I agree completely. As they get older, I think even when they are younger, um, that they want to be heard. They want to be heard, and if we show up and just actively listen with openness and curiosity we are already building that connection and we're being helpful. Like we don't need to do extra things. Just that alone is so therapeutic and, uh, you know, fortifies the relationship. I think people put so much pressure on themselves. They think that they need to do things. Uh, But if you just show up, listen with an open heart and just show with your eyes that you are enjoying this conversation, that you're curious mm-hmm. and you're present. You're not looking at your phone. You're not thinking about what to cook for dinner or, oh my gosh, I didn't pick up the dry cleaning. Because when you, in your mind, ran through your to-do list or you're distracted, it's going to show on your face. Your child is going to feel that in authenticity in your response, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Heavenly. Haven't we been on the receiving end of this kind of communication with our friends or partners? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. And right, 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 right. <laughs> and, and you feel like, are you kidding me? I'm feeling completely ignored. Even with your own kids, right? Like when we give them directions, we sometimes get this sort of communication back where you know that they're not really listening. <laughs> Yes. So in order for us to have that communication and for them to listen to us, I think Mm -hmm. the first step we have to do is connect with them in the moment. I think we fail to do that. Uh, When I talk about connection, I talk about two types of connection. The first one is the general state of your relationship. Are you in a good, connected relationship? And sometimes we sort of disconnect from our children. There are ruptures, conflicts, or physical disconnection and things like that. Uh, The general state of your connection, if it's good, because you feel it when Mm -hmm. you are in sync with your kid, uh, you know, generally speaking, your relationship is good. However, that's not enough when you want to get your twin or your toddler or your, you know, 10-year-old to do something. They are busy in their room. They are involved in their world. They are disconnected in the moment. So, uh, instead of going and screaming from the other room, come on, let's go, you know, put on your shoes. <laughs> We're going to be late. It's, it's worth going and making that momentary connection, meaning get an uh, you know, uh, eye contact from them, get them head nod or, or some kind of indication that they are on the same wavelength with us. So are they are eager or ready to receive what we're about to communicate. Oftentimes conflicts in parenting rise from this kind of disconnection, from this kind of frustration, mm-hmm. right? When you communicate, 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 and they're not listening and responding, then you lose your cool and you scream and yell and you take it too far. But meanwhile, if you had made that momentary connection, went down to their level, if they are small and say, oh, look at that nice Lego tower you built. That is so awesome. And the child then will say, yeah, I did, mommy. Look how it, it, it can turn like this. Now you're connected and you can say, you you know what, sweetheart? 
I love your Lego tower, but guess what? We're going to go to the grocery store now. And when we come back, you get to play some more with your tower. And your child may, you know, disagree a little bit, say, no, mommy, or give you a little bit of hard time. That's normal. Yeah. No child is going to say, okay, mommy, let's go. <laughs> Sometimes they say that, but yeah. blind, blind obedience is never the, the goal. But if your child in this kind of instance rejects and doesn't comply with you frequently, mm-hmm. let's say your child is a 10-year-old or a 9-year-old mm-hmm child and every time you say we have to do this we have to go there can you do this they respond you know with uh, disobedience mm-hmm. let's say uh, they don't listen they uh, they ignore you mm-hmm. that means your overall relationship is not in a good state i think when you get um let's say 70% of the time, I don't know, I'm just making this number up, Uh, you know, out of 10 interactions, if seven interaction, if seven of them are, uh, your child does not listen, does not negotiate, and eventually do what you say, your general relationship is at risk, you need to repair their general relationship, you know, I like that. That's a good benchmark of numbers for parents to pay attention to because I think it's really easy to get lost in the day-to-day and not realize how much conflict that you could be having. And I think the moment-to-moment collection or connection is super important. Like when you talk about it, it reminds me of like the mother duck wandering around the farm and gathering her little goslings up before or ducklings up before she goes and walks. Like she collects them one by one. And We as humans in the age of technology right now, I think, have forgotten how important just eye contact is before we're going to talk to someone. Yeah. And then we it's never about them ignoring us. Right. Uh Because uh, we can blame the other person and say, I was talking to you. You never listened to me. It's easy to blame. But you know, you are responsible. I think that in, in communication, there are two parties, the the communicator and the receiver. Uh, it is the communicator's responsibility to communicate in a way so that the other party will receive the message that they are communicating, you know, yeah. directly, um, not in a convoluted way. Mm-hmm. It's the communicator's responsibility, not the other way around. That is a really good point. And that was one of the other tips I liked in your book about how you can use clear, direct language instead of saying no and being like very specific, like go down the slide six more times and then it's time to leave the park versus Mm -hmm. it's time to leave in four minutes. Like that very direct language of a task and then a finish point. Yeah, because young children don't, is that's that's valid for young children who don't have a sense of time. Mm-hmm. So if you say 10 minutes we're leaving, they don't know what that is. Um, but if you say five more times down the slide, now they are with you. They are mm-hmm. counting the, you know, the times on the slide. Um, in terms of communication, I think simplicity is key. Being concise, clear, and compassionate. I think I call it the three C's of communication. I love that. Um, right? It's, it's If you use that with anybody, I mean, you get big results. Um, you, you know, 
we fill our children's day with stop that. You can't do that. No, no, don't touch that. Don't. No, negativity, negativity. And and children just tune us out. They don't listen anymore. Uh, the same message could be said in a more neutral or even positive way. Instead of saying, for example, um, let's say a child is standing in their uh, booster seat or a car seat mm -hmm. uh, or, or high chair. They're getting up constantly. Instead of saying, no, sit down, you, you know, don't do that. Don't stand up. You can say, you know, feet on the ground, bottom on the chair, uh, a different language, mm -hmm. right? Hands to yourself, food on the plate. When the child is throwing food, instead of saying no throwing, don't throw, you can say food stays on the plate. It's a more positive way of interacting than creating it tells this. them what they can do versus. Yes, because if you start with the negativity, now they are in a fighting mode, mm -hmm. you, you know, yes. it's nobody wants to hear negativity. Uh, I think changing that language uh, is challenging. It's not easy no. because those these programmings are, are so uh, hardwired. These are right? hardwired generational patterns that we yeah. are pushing against. This is why I always give my clients an exercise. I give them a list of common phrases. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what they're ch I ask them, what, what do your children do that you say, don't do that, stop doing that? You make a list of those sentences mm -hmm. or those descriptions, and then you come up with a neutral way of making a correction, right? Uh, or reprimanding a child in that moment instead of the stop, don't touch that, don't do that, no jumping, no jumping. It's like, okay, we get it, no jumping. Maybe you can s say it differently yeah. and, and, you know? I like that. So take Anna's homework assignment here, people. This is free <laughs> coaching from her. Um, so you, we've talked a little bit about like different ways you can say no, but are there phrases that you think parents need to say more of all the time? Like you wish that you heard more out of parents' mouths or you think would make a big impact in like a positive boost to relationships? Mm, I don't know if I would say there are phrases that you can say, mm -hmm. but uh, what I would say is the opposite, things that you don't want to say to your kids. <laughs> I think the opposite is a lot easier, you know, you, if you criticize them constantly, uh, if you call them names or mm -hmm. use a put, put down, um, you know, one of the needs that we all have is the need for acceptance, to be fully accepted by, by our parents or by other people. And uh, I always say, what's the opposite of acceptance is rejection so and how do we show acceptance uh through nonverbal and verbal communication right yeah. you can just look at someone and and communicate acceptance mm -hmm. just with your look or you can use words when it comes to verbal communication if you constantly criticize your child for being a klutz for being lazy for not getting the grade that you know you wanted them to get if your child comes home and says mom i got 86 on my test and the first comment you make is how come you didn't get 96 you studied the whole week i don't get it Ouch. how come yeah. right <laughs> and, and and you feel like you know you feel completely rejected in that moment oh. um right yep. so i have a i have a <laughs> 
memory that pops up, right? That script of being wanting to be that high achiever too. Instead of seeing Mm -hmm. the child for who they are and saying, wow, 86, how do you feel about that? And and instead of being the one who judges and criticizes Mm -hmm. and evaluates the child's achievement, let the child form their own opinion about their own potential, about their abilities, about their performance. Because in the end of the day, that's what matters, not our judgment of them. Mm-hmm. Um, if you say, wow, 86, uh, h- how come you got 86? Are you happy with that number? And then the child will say, yeah, I'm happy. You know, I started only five days out of 10. And I think this is the best I could do. You can say, wow, yeah. Um, you know, and mm-hmm. that's it. That's the end of the conversation. Right. Maybe, of course, you want your child to get 100 on all tests. Of course. But that's not realistic, right? Right. Yeah. And yeah. So how are we communicating acceptance with our language? Um, that That's the key. Because if the child feels accepted, they will flourish. They will learn. They will do everything for us. But if we use commands, demands, shaming, guilting, and um, those kind of harmful communication patterns, we're going to hurt the child, their ego, their sense of self, poke holes in their self-esteem. And and when someone feels like that, they're not going to act their best. No. Right? I don't act my best when I feel like I have holes in our relationship. So mm-hmm. in the back of your booklet, you have a couple of phrases that I've picked up and I've been practicing. Like I admire how you dot, 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 or, mm-hmm. um, yeah. or the, you are just the simple phrase of you are very special and letting mm-hmm. my kids know that because it's so easy to get lost in this correction and direction and judging um, yes. communication. It- So that list of phrases was really, really helpful to me. These are 15 phrases you could say yes to your children every day. Instead of, for example, saying, um, you know, as as parents, we always, uh, you know, when a child comes from school, (laughs) what did you do? What did you eat? Who did you play with? All those check marks, questions that lead, lead to nowhere. I mean, they're unnecessary questioning, interrogation. As opposed to just being like a police officer when you're talking with your teenager or tween sometimes. I feel like they hop in the car (laughs) and I'm like, okay, detective spotlight comes on. (laughs) (laughs) I I try not to use those ineffective techniques. (laughs) I I hardly ever would ask, what did you do today? (laughs) What did you get? Do you have homework? You know, I would say, oh, I'm so happy to see you. Uh, I. I made soup. Would you like to have soup, soup, or shall I make grilled cheese sandwich for you? I'm, I'm communicating that I'm happy yeah. to see you and be with you. The rest is not important. When you connect and spend some quality time together, if the child feels there is something important, they will share. Yeah. Or if it's something um, they did at school, you will get a phone call. Trust me. <laughs> from yeah. Right. So either way, you're okay. It's our anxiety. Are we doing good? Uh, am I a good parent? Let me mm-hmm. let me go through my checklist and and give myself a sense of comfort. Yes, I did that. I'm good. My kid was good. I'm good. No, it's fine. Leave them alone, right? Just uh, like you said, and watch them. If your child is doing something, my daughter, for example, brought a beautiful, and I can share this on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, 
in art class, they made uh, a structure from clay and hers is so amazingly beautiful. It's a very abstract piece, but I just fell in love with it. I said, wow, can I have this to put it on my, you know, bookshelf? I admire this. I admire your ability to see color and juxtapose colors. And and they're so delicate. Like I commented on a specific thing instead of saying, good job. Yeah. Instead of saying, good job, honey, this is amazing. You're the best. You're the best. That's not important. I noticed what was special about that piece. Mm -hmm. It was the delicateness. It was the smoothness. It was the juxtaposition of the colors and the the way the structure was done. It's a very abstract, rounded, uh, I don't know. I have to post it to see it. No, it's really interesting, though. But you have to stop and pause and notice. Exactly. In order to do a good job as a parent in those moments, you have to pause, be present, mm-hmm. notice, think, and then say something. It takes time. Communication <laughs> is exhausting. It is. It is. <laughs> like as you're going through all those things, I'm like, no wonder why sometimes when I'm just not at my best, I'm not an effective communicator. If I haven't taken the time to um, take care of but myself well, I yeah, can't that's communicate fine too. well. Well, sometimes my daughter is telling me a story and I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Can we talk about that later, honey? I'm in a rush right now. That happens too. That's life. However, when this type of negative communication happens all the time, when you shut down the child, when it's 70% of the time, 30% of the time, here is the thing. There is a concept in attachment theory. If you're present, attuned to your child 30% of the time, not 70, not even 50% of the time in your interactions, Mm -hmm. then you are a good enough parent. So 30% of the time, it's doable. And let's not kill ourselves for the 70%, right? When we are brushing them off, when we are not able to listen and be present. However, the 30% of the time, you better do a good job <laughs> by right. showing up. 30% needs to be an amazing 30% with your yes. whole heart and your whole yes. presence. Yes, yes. So if you can't do it, don't fake it. Uh, if you can fully commit to it and be your authentic self and notice something. And, and because what does the child take away from this little interaction? What did my daughter take away from that little interaction? That I am loved, I am special, I am important, I am good at art, my mom loves me, she paid attention to me, mm-hmm. we feel connected. It does an amazing job in fortifying and strengthening your relationship. Just that one little interaction, mm-hmm. right? That, that is Really, really good. So let's say it's a high stress time um, in your life. Every episode I have, I I include a self-care activity for a parent to kind of refresh themselves. Do you have an idea of a self-care activity that you do to help you, um, you know, parent yourself in a lot of ways? I do. I walk outside in nature every single day. I think uh, that is one of the biggest things that has helped me for years. I also meditate. I don't meditate every day, but I do meditate, you know, 10, 15 minutes maximum if, if I do it that particular day. I find that it's very grounding, centering. It, it orients me, 
I am at my best. I can be more responsive as opposed to reactive. I also, you know, try to manage my schedule, my life, so that I'm not so busy, 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 and, and crazy. Because I am in charge of my schedule. I am in charge of my life. And whatever I can control, I can. But there are times that I can't control anything. So I want to have a little bit of open space so that I can, uh, you know, be stressed and not highly stressed. You know what I mean? That's absolutely um, fantastic. Those are great mm -hmm. tips. Do you have any connection rituals that you use to like pause, connect and play it all with your daughter or have an idea for parents? Do, do, I don't have any specific crazy, extraordinary techniques. Uh -huh. No, that's but, okay. um, Yeah, but how I connect with my kid is I'm a very affectionate and physical, mm -hmm. touchy-feely person. I would hug and hold her tight and kiss her and, 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 and that kind of... I think that's the the connection thing that I would do and just linger there together and talk about something that it's important for her, mm -hmm. you know, gi giving her the time. Um, I think that's the only special thing, uh, you know, just being yeah. physically affectionate and, and hugging and touching that kind of thing. That is fantastic. I think it, I think that it's a good reminder, especially as our kids get older. Um, I know that a wide age range of parents listen to this, podcast, but do remember that our bigger kids need that physical touch too is super important to me right now. And they may reject it. They may not <laughs> want it. They may say, stop, mom, stop. But you be playful and run after them and, and, and give it to them anyways or turn it into a game. And, and um, you know, I always say to my daughter, you know, you forgot something this morning when you left for school. She looks at me, what, mom, what? I said, and I'm like, come over here. I'll tell you what. She comes, <laughs> she, she comes closer and I jump and hug her tight I say this is what you forgot she goes oh mom oh I love so, that that's a so fantastic it's, moment it's it's I mean it's it's not you know you don't do this all the no. time but but it's a fun way of um saying it I do it with my husband sometimes too when he's leaving for work mm -hmm. you know I would say hey you forgot something yep. and he comes you know because he always forgets things too <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he, he thinks he's forgotten something important yeah and it is yeah it is yet it is important these are the building blocks uh -huh. of our relationship right yeah absolutely well thank you so much Anna for taking the time to record this podcast and to share your communication strategies for parents that we all need more of them so thank you for sharing your wisdom and where can parents find you online the, my website is authenticparenting.com and everything is there. And you can follow me on Instagram. As I say, the only social media platform I use and somewhat like uh, is authentic.parenting.podcast. And we will spread the word about this episode together and hopefully connect with the listener. Yes. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. You asked the best questions. I hope that you took notes during this episode. And if not, you should go back. I filled up a whole page. Communication takes a lot of effort. And with everything going on in the world right now, we know that words matter. So let's carefully choose our words at home. Please go leave a rating and review. And if you want to continue the conversation, 
find me over on Instagram, just like Anna said. It is the social media platform I prefer. Thanks and have a great day.